So Central Saanich is not the same as Saanich, believe it or not. And just, okay, a little geography lesson. Here. Yes. So there is, so, yeah, the many municipalities of uh, Victoria, which is something of a touchy subject to some people. <laughs> um, so we have kind of going from north to south on the, on the peninsula there. So when you get off the ferry, you're mostly in North Saanich. Uh, which is again different than Central Saanich, which is also different. Exactly, okay. and then so you'll drive through Sydney, and then after Sydney, you'll drive kind of past where Central Saanich is, and it's oh, okay. just west uh, of the of the highway, and then you'll pass into Saanich proper. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's like that's like North Vancouver has the district of North Vancouver and the city of North Vancouver. And there are two different municipalities. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But more complicated. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Just more complicated. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Welcome to Taste BC Radio, where we're going on a journey to explore restaurants, breweries, wineries, and just about anywhere where you can eat or drink local. I'm Jeff. And I'm Dan. And we are talking twice a month about local BC food and drink. If you want to join in on the conversation, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at TasteBC Radio, or email us at host at tastebcradio.ca. All right, tasters, let's get into it. Now, Dan, I've been meaning to ask you. Yes. What's your favorite meal? Oh, you, let's, let's be honest. It's a, it's a tie between breakfast and brunch. Oh, that's the perfect answer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, this episode is brought to you by brunch, <laughs> the most delicious meal of the day. Now, it's, it's it's actually kind of funny because it doesn't really matter what you eat when. Your body doesn't care if it's the morning or night. But we've built this culture around breakfast, lunch, dinner, and the beautiful brunch yeah. that um, we we're trying to figure out how to not get caught in the trap of doing the same three categories over and over again. Yeah. And so we decided to di diversify our restaurants. And one of the first things that popped in my head is what about brunch? So, <laughs> or breakfast. So today we're talking all about breakfast. Little bit of a point on that. I wonder if, I don't know about you, but I love pizza in the morning after like leftover pizza for breakfast is the greatest thing of all time. And like like all the time or like when you're just a little worse for wear when you're wow well, all the time but especially <laughs> then <laughs> and cold or hot uh i am i tend to heat mine up i know a lot of people eat okay. uh, eat it cold i like it nice how do you warm. Heat, how do you heat it up i would rather not do it in the microwave but i feel like if i am worse for wear in the morning and i don't really care i just want food i'll just pop it in the microwave but i would rather just i would rather like a toaster oven or something like that just to keep it nice yeah. and like crispy and i hate how soggy it gets i've heard recently the best way to do it and i haven't tried it is because i don't have a microwave is you put it in the microwave for like 30 seconds but yeah. then it gets a little gummy right yeah so then but then you just put that dry into a frying pan just to crisp up the bottom oh i haven't tried Ooh. it but we've we've been using our air fryer to reheat pizza yes and so that's that's what i want to do next time um is the air fryer for sure i wonder yeah. if I've always wondered why I why I love pizza and for breakfast in the morning. I wonder if it's because of the societal norm of like eating these specific foods for breakfast versus and then like it's like this taboo thing when you have lunch for or dinner for breakfast and then vice versa, right? I love a, yeah. I love breakfast food for dinner and maybe it's not yeah. it's not the food isn't different, but it's the way I've interpreted because of how society has taught us how to eat basically in breakfast lunch and dinner i think it's because breakfast is usually functional yeah so it's i need to have breakfast a banana bowl cereal a toast whatever it is right. a brunch is a luxury yes and so because it's a luxury it's often a lot more rich yeah. and so you get like heaviness from egg yolks or hollandaise or french toast or pancakes or whatever that you wouldn't normally have mm -hmm. and so having something like pizza the next day it hits you on that richness level that you don't normally get for breakfast right. where you're having it as like a functional thing yeah you're not you're not waking up in the morning and being like oh i'm gonna have a brunch pizza let me grab the leftovers no if you're gonna have a brunch pizza you're gonna go get a brunch pizza yeah so because you're having a functional breakfast it has those richness notes to it i think that's what hits your sensories as like ooh. Like, this is the surprise, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, Whereas way. if you had, like, a bowl of cereal for dinner, you're like, wow, well, that was a horrifically <laughs> lackluster dinner. <laughs> a bowl of cereal for dessert, however, 
delightful. Oh, awesome, right? Chicken and waffles for dinner? Yes, please. Yeah. Oh, oh. see the and this is why you're the <laughs> expert. I would not have thought of that. <laughs> well, I <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know if I'm an expert, but I have strong opinions. Fair enough. I'm quite partial to the cold pizza leftover. Oh. But for me, if it's like before noon, cold pizza leftover. Mm. If it's afternoon and I'm having it as like a lunch or, or like a dinner, as like a quick dinner or whatever, then it's a reheat. This is a perfect opportunity to discuss how we are married to like each other kind of through our wives because i am very much like your wife and you are very much like my wife (laughs) yes i like the warm pizza she is obsessed with the cold pizza in the morning (laughs) yeah well i think i think the reason i don't like reheated pizza is i find it gets um it separates the the grease Mm -hmm. quite often and so when you reheat it you get that kind of thin layer of grease on it and that kind of grosses me out so the cold pizza it you you still kind of get that essence of the hot pizza but it's just cold yeah and so for me often when i'm eating leftovers i eat them cold because i don't have a microwave and i'm kind of eating on the go or whatever so mm-hmm. whether i brought it to school or i've i'm working through lunch or whatever it is uh, especially since i've gotten busier uh, doing school and work i'll often take what was a hot meal that we had for dinner and just shovel it cold for lunch the next yeah. day and i don't find it it loses its integrity i find actually they tend to lose their integrity more by reheating yeah, oh, 100% in terms of the flavor profile so if you don't mind that it's not like it's kind of weird that you're eating like a stir fry cold if you don't mind that yeah it's totally fine to eat and taste uh cold so yeah that's my opinion but yeah so it's just fun yeah like like you were saying though it's it's my wife kalina shares so many personality traits with you and opinions and birth month and <laughs> your wife Corey shares so many personality traits with me and opinions and birth birth month so it's really funny because whenever we're like oh i really enjoyed this and you'd be like oh i didn't like it and Corey will be like i liked it and clean will be like i didn't like it and be like <laughs> oh what are the odds <laughs> added to the list right i wonder if subconsciously we were trying to find uh wives that were very similar to each other well they say that every man grows up to marry his own mother well for us because we've known each other for so long is every man grows up to marry his best friend there you go perfect well my two best friends are you and my wife so it makes sense oh 100 percent. same here (laughs) well i am excited to talk more about breakfast stuff what do you got for me jeff okay so i have it's not a little-known place. It is a very well-known place, uh, mm-hmm. but I have to talk about it if we're talking about brunch in Vancouver. Uh-huh. And this place, and don't say you haven't been there, because I've been there with you, is called <laughs> Yolks. <laughs> yes! I was hoping you would do you would do Yolks. Yolks was like the introduction to brunch in Vancouver for Corey and I when we moved over there. It's a staple. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was I mean, I I would go for brunch to kind of diner-esque, but this was the first time I went to one where I felt like I was really having brunch. Yeah. Like, I was having, like, hotel in Vegas brunch. Yes. <laughs> not just, not just uh, a place that served breakfast. And Yolks is only open until 3 p.m. Yeah. Still, since they've been open in – since they opened their first brick and mortar in, I think it was 2014, they've only ever been open until 3 p.m. Yeah. So it's not like they are a restaurant that does good brunch. They are a restaurant that serves breakfast and brunch. Now, so they started as a food truck in uh, 2012. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was started by a chef named Stephen Ewing. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Ewing had opened 11 restaurants for other companies over the time, primarily on the Sunshine Coast. Mm-hmm. And and so he decided, with the inspiration of a friend from Portland who had a breakfast food truck, to open a breakfast food truck in Vancouver. And primarily, he would park at the stadium Skytrain station. Mm-hmm. So people kind of going into or going to the business district, and a lot of people kind of – it was kind of kitty corner – or just down the the road from CBC and where stadium is, and there's VCC school. And so a lot of um, – foot traffic in that area not quite downtown downtown but 
a lot of foot traffic for the non-suit wearing business people, but kind of the sport coat and no tie business wearing people. And so, <laughs> um, but super affordable price breakfast sandwiches was kind of his calling. And so people never really thought before this to get a breakfast sandwich outside of what maybe like Starbucks was selling or a coffee shop. And so this was like a gourmet version of that uh, done through a food truck. Well, it's actually, tech- well, it's a food truck, but it was, it's a trailer. Like there's not actually, um, it's not a, it's not a truck unit even. So it's even smaller than what you would now look at as a food truck. Wow. And they would often do farmer's markets and such as well. Hmm. So he grew in popularity quite a bit and he used all or as much as possible local ingredients. So a lot of things coming from Two River Meats. All of his eggs came from Abbotsford. I think that there was one meat product that came from Alberta, but everything else came from BC. Mm-hmm. The meats, uh, eggs, potatoes, pretty much anything that he could source from BC, he would bring in from BC, uh, similar to a lot of places we've talked about on the show before. And what Yolks did differently was because they were high-end, people just kept coming back. It wasn't just a convenience thing. It was convenience as well, but it was also really, really good. There's really strict restrictions, especially around food trucks for food safety in BC and Vancouver specifically, about how all the food has to be prepped out of commissaries. And what a commissary is, is a facility where people can rent space and use the kitchen to prep their product in a food safe environment. And then they can transport that product to wherever their business is. So if you have something like a food truck that doesn't have the facilities to prep the food on and store the food on, you would store it out of this rented space in a commissary because you can't afford to have a full kitchen or a full uh, restaurant. So commissaries are really great for small businesses. Uh, a lot of them rent out space for, you know, if you're using the hot kitchen, it's about 125 bucks for four hours or whatever. You go in, you do your prep, you, sh- you bottle your stuff and you go sell it at the farmer's market and you have the label, oh, this was produced food safe and, and everything's hunky-dory. But because of these strict restrictions and because of the explosion in small businesses, the spaces for commissaries became more and more limited. So with the combination of the growth of his company and the combination of other companies growing, Ewing decided to look for a place to build a commissary. And he would rent out the times that he didn't need it to other companies. So it was kind of like, here I have this commissary. And I have a place where I can establish my food. Uh, but because I won't be using it 24-7, other places can come in and use it as a commissary. Fast forward to 2014. And there was a location on the corner of Hastings and Clark. And it used to be this really kind of rundown steakhouse. The quote was, everyone remembers it, but nobody claims to have gone to it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, the place is called Brave Bull. And so when that, I don't know if they went out of business or decided to move or sell or whatever, but Ewing decided to open up his Yolks commissary there. And so he, he got a five-year lease on it, but with a six-month notice on demolition. So at any given point, the owner could say, hey, we're d- demolishing this building in six months and you got to pack your stuff and go. Wow. So he didn't want to establish a Yolks brick and mortar there because it was such a fragile place. Mm-hmm. Now, what ended up happening is he built a bricks, a Yolks brick and mortar there and <laughs> started serving. I think it was about 80 seats. Fairly small then. Yeah. Anyway, so, but they, on their opening weekend, they did over 300 plates. Wow. Because they just were absolutely so well loved that yeah. everyone wanted to go. Lineups were cons- are consistent well they were consistently around the block they don't take reservations it could be up to a two-hour wait and people would not complain about it yeah. because that's how good it was uh back in the day when the the menu was based around uh benedict's in particular and the style of the menu that he had created for yolks was to have almost a choose your own adventure for your benny so it was, okay, you start with an egg and hollandaise. Now you're going to add a protein or or like a filling or whatever, and that's going to be like your avocado or your uh, pork belly or whatever it is. Um, and then the next step was you're going to add your 
if you want it to be on hash brown, on, sorry, on hash browns or on the traditional English muffin, and then what do you want as a side and whatever. And their signature side, of course, for anybody who knows the place, is lemon truffle potatoes, oh, which so was the first time that I had truffles. It was the first time I had truffle oil and was like, oh, this actually can be done in a good context and not in a super overpoweringly, overpowering way. They were also kind of ahead of the truffle curve, whereas about four or five years ago, maybe not even, maybe like three or four years ago, everybody put truffle in everything as a crutch. Oh, this doesn't taste very good. Throw some truffle in it. Whatever. We'll call it good. Now, we're finally kind of eased back on that and truffles being used appropriately, but they've just kept it solid all the way through with their truffle lemon potatoes. They're and so right yeah they're so good they also would have a variety of ketchups i don't know if they made them in house or if they just kind of revamped ketchups from the bottle where they would have like hot ketchup mixed with like a house-made hot sauce or or a very particular hot sauce i'm not entirely sure they never really disclosed it but it was so 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 tasty um it was very diner-esque inside but your service was always impeccable they you never felt rushed, even if there was a lineup. You never felt like you were taking too long or you didn't know what was going on with the menu. The servers were always serving you with a smile, so happy to um, to to be there and help you with the menu. They obviously had some other things other than Benedict's, like they have fried chicken waffles and they would have pancakes and such. At the time, I had never gotten those because I was like, well, we're here for Benedict's. This is all about the eggs. It's called yolks. Obviously, you're going to get... I did get the fried chicken and waffles one time though, and it was unbelievable. And I I love fried chicken and waffles now, but before, like back then in 2015 or 2016, when we were going to that original location, it was it was not on my radar as something in general. I actually went, so I was in the food industry at the time, quite young in my career, and I remember talking to one of my food suppliers, and we just we had a really friendly relationship. And she and I were chatting about New Year's plans, and I said, oh, I I am going to Yolks on New Year's Day, and it'll be the first time I've been there. And she was like, oh, I haven't heard of it. So this is this must have been like 2014, yeah, or, or, or uh, New Year's Day 2015, because it was like right at the beginning. And so I took a picture, and I sent it to her, and I was like, it was this place. It's absolutely phenomenal. You have to go. I know it looks... <laughs> <laughs> like the building's about to fall over or it looks like it's in like this greasy area, but it was phenomenal. And she responded, she's like, oh yeah, I pass that place all the time. And I never thought anything of it because it, it's in this kind of like grungy area. And so it's just, it just goes to show you can't judge a book by its cover. Definitely. Anyway, so in 2017, since then, uh, in 2017, that original Yolks location closed down and they moved a few blocks east on Hastings and they're in this big, bright, beautiful new space uh, in kind of where, if you know where it is, the Waldorf Hotel is. It's in the Hastings Sunrise area. So it's it's just as busy. They also have opened a West Broadway location between Camby and Ash. And that one is super popular. So that obviously has helped quite a bit. They still always have lineups, on at least on the weekends. Uh, they still are only open until 3 p.m. They still are very focused on local food and the Benny and making things right, but they've expanded out their menu a little bit. So it's not just build your own adventure Bennies and then here are a couple other things you can get if you don't want a Benny. Um, they also, so they have actually dedicated Bennies now and you can do add ons and whatever if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple really, great notes is a grilled portobello mushroom benny which i would always get with an added on of okanagan goat cheese that flavor combination was fantastic comes with fresh spinach as well so that those add up those those go really well together they have a house cured wild bc salmon and fresh avocado one with a dill creme fresh uh they have a pork belly one which is classic but incredible um they have a crispy avocado Benny, which is panko crusted and fried avocado and then salsa verde. And a lot of people are really afraid of cooking avocado, but if you cook avocado the right way, it can be just so incredible. It, it changes it from being this kind of like cold, fatty, buttery texture to this melt in your mouth, 
I don't want to say like pork fat, but <laughs> basically just pork fat. It the a, a perfectly ripe avocado that's cooked correctly. There's two ways to do it. You either grill it or you can bread it in something and fry it. So like an avocado tempura mm-hmm. is the same thing. It just completely melts in your mouth. Whereas a, a cold avocado will kind of still have a bit of a bite to it and have a bit of solidness to it because the because the fat in it is more solid because it's cold, obviously. Yeah. But so yeah, so a cooked avocado, super underrated. And then the last one I wanted to point out was they have a fried buttermilk chicken benny and it's served on a Belgian waffle. So it's like a fried chicken sandwich. Sorry, it's like a fried chicken and waffle benny, which is (laughs) unreal. Um, And then, you know, they have uh, they have the homage to their original menu items, which are the breakfast sandwiches. Yeah. But what they do differently with their breakfast sandwiches is they don't do fried eggs. They do poached eggs on them. Oh. So you you bite into it and you just get this explosion of the yolk saucing the whole thing. So every bite is super, um, super flavorful and super, super covered in sauciness. It's a three napkin kind of sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> They have a smash burger, they have a fried chicken sandwich, they have a cob salad and, and a regular salad, and then they have kind of the the cleaner ones, the like someone who got dragged out and doesn't really feel like having brunch, but they're like, I may as well get something. So they have the avocado toast, granola parfait, and the apple oatmeal. Or they have the real pièce de résistance, the the real luxury, which is the croque madame. Oh, Are you familiar so- with the croque madame? Oh, are you kidding me? You made some when we were out camping. Like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, right? And oh, yeah, of course I would. And it was to die for. Oh, Yeah, so maple smoked ham, Gruyere cheese, Monterey sauce, two poached eggs on this one. Oh. And then a, oh, and then a house-made Dijon and on grilled artisan sourdough. So really, really luxurious, really... Uh, great and really fairly priced mm-hmm. too. Um, obviously, it's competing with inflation and it's competing with the current market. But mm-hmm. so it's not it's not like a budget meal. But it's exactly like you're getting what you're paying for when yeah. you go there. Oh, and yeah. that coupled with the service and the drinks, honestly, uh, one of the best Caesars in the game, I think, in the city. Wow! And if you're having brunch, you got to have a Caesar. Oh, it's of just. Absolute mandatory. Um, I remember, <laughs> I remember going to Yolks with you guys after, you know, hanging out all night, <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, having a coffee, a water, orange juice, Caesar, <laughs> all lined up in front of me because you got to rehydrate and get those electrolytes, and you got to get the coffee. And then Caesar, just because, you know, hair of the dog. So absolutely, really, really just great. Um, the only way to guarantee you feel better in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, do you remember when you used to say that you didn't get hungover? Yeah, I used to. Yeah, I <laughs> to be fair, I didn't get hungover like I do now. So <laughs> I know I don't get hungover. I just feel tired and kind of nauseous and a bit of a headache. But I never get hungover. It's it's not a thing for me. <laughs> that was my classic line every morning. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I remember just we were just like would look at each other like Dan. That's literally hungover. You're like oh. <laughs> Well, I get that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that on the daily. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it's good to see they've like kind of expanded uh, their their menu, but I've kind of stayed true to their roots as well. I'm looking at through the menu, and it's bringing back some really good memories. That grilled portobello mushroom Benny is something else. Such a simple concept, and they do it so well. So, so well. Um, yes. Their brunch sandwiches look really interesting as well. I look at like the fried chicken sandwich looks really good and the salads i don't think were there when we went so that's kind of a nice nice little change and then your classics like i i i wish we were there or next time we're over there we'll have to go and yes. i want to try their croque madame because like oh that is such a good it's so good <laughs> yeah well i'm i'm really really happy to see that they're still going strong because yeah. they were just decimated during covid oh, I'm because sure. you don't you don't brunch by yourself and you don't brunch take out right no. so it was really hard for them to adapt i mean obviously i wasn't there specifically so mm-hmm. i can't speak for them but 
you know, some restaurants were hit harder than others, and these guys were really, really just smacked. Cause, oh, yeah. I mean, when was the last time you ordered breakfast to go from a, a restaurant, not like a Tim Hortons? I honestly couldn't tell you. Don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> the only time I've ever done it was to support during COVID. Yeah. And just because, uh, like, local restaurants, I wanted to support them being in the industry. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's not the same. Like, no. Brunch is meant to be had with a group of people. Like maybe, maybe even if it's just you and your partner or you and a friend, that's one thing. Like that's amazing too. But mm-hmm. nothing beats four to six people at brunch. Just you know, <laughs> trying to survive <laughs> and getting some really good food. And so I, I'm really, really happy to see that they're still uh, they're still surviving and going strong. Yeah. Oh, that's so good to see because they're such a such a staple. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So they have two locations. The Hastings location is 1598 East Hastings Street. Mm-hmm. And their Broadway location is 546 West Broadway. And just a fun little note, their phone number is 604-559-YOKE. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, Dan. What have you been drinking? I've got an interesting one. So... Corey and I recently went out to a brewery out in um, Central Saanich, which, uh, if you're not familiar with the island, is just just north of Victoria. It's uh, in between Victoria and Sydney and the and the ferry terminal. Nice little uh, farm-like community. They have this wonderful, wonderful brewery called Category 12. I don't want to talk too much about the, the brewery itself. They obviously offer flights and tastings and delicious food as well, so it can be a, a totally all-inclusive experience but what i'd like to talk about is what they called our hop water which is a sparkling water hmm. that is zero percent alcohol that has been ble- um uh i guess i don't even know what you would call it conditioned conditioned uh on their hops and initially i was a little bit hesitant because it was yeah, yeah it just sounds like it would just taste like bitter water but i have to tell you it was one of the best non-alcoholic experiences i've ever had it was really phenomenal like it was it was a little bit hoppy at the end but they i i don't know how they do it but they they've gotten like all the floral and the tropical and the and the uh fruit forwardness of 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 uh, ipa hops i think is what they use and it's it's so good. I could drink that all day, every day. Zero percent alcohol, but you still get that like little bit of hops at the end. So it's kind of feels. It feels like you're drinking sparkling water and a beer somehow without the alcohol. It is phenomenal. I highly, highly recommend that you try it. Cool. Yeah. It. Oh, it's so good. I don't know if they sell it by the can or like bottle but they really should because it would do very yeah. very well especially considering we're a lot of places are trying to push non-alcoholic drinks um as like an alternative like you see like yeah, non-alc, yeah. Bill, non-alc, non-alc beers in grocery stores all over the place now i would love to see this hop water on on shelves somewhere because i think it would do extremely well and it gives someone who doesn't really want uh, a beer or something like that, uh, an opportunity to to kind of have the 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 little bit of flavor, yeah, and still enjoy a sparkling drink with friends or whatever. Yeah, well, first of all, sparkling drinks are exploding right now, yeah, like the Lacroix and the Bubblies and everything. So it's really cool that they're doing something like that, but kind of doing an homage to what they mainly produce. Yeah, everything I've had from Category Twelve has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, there's several that are in the BCLS. And every time I get one of those brightly colored, super fun cans, I, I'm always happy with it. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, it's one of those labels that I trust now. It's like, this is my process for picking a beer. Oh, that's interesting. That sounds good. Who makes it? Oh, I trust them or I don't trust them mm-hmm. or I haven't heard of them or I'll give it a shot. Do I want to commit to a four pack? Do I want to commit, to, you know, that yeah. kind of process right and category 12 it's like if i see the category 12 if i haven't tried it before i'll grab it because i want to try it yeah so um all of them have been really great i also love this kind of hop revolution that we're going through where people are appreciating the floral 
and um, the really nice notes of hop and not just relying on that bitterness. Yeah. We've kind of passed that make IPAs as IPA is possible. And we're getting to the point where people are appreciating hops in other drinks too. Yeah. I'm seeing them come up in kombuchas. I'm seeing them come up in ciders. I'm seeing them. Now you're talking about it in a sparkling water. Super, super cool. Yeah. Really cool. And they're, uh, uh, they they kind of it's it seems to be the age of the hazy IPA, which is you get a oh, little yeah. bit of the <laughs> as you're well aware of, of uh, uh, and it's it's all about kind of the the floral and tropical aspects of the hops rather than like oh let's make this as hoppy as humanly possible. It's it's right. kinda, it's a nice direction and it and it uh, complements what I look for in a beer now. So I'm very excited by the direction. <laughs> Do you know if it's sweetened at all? Uh I am not 100% sure. I don't think so. I don't believe so. Yeah. And when you drink it, it doesn't taste like sweet. It tastes like right. Tastes like a hazy IPA without the alcohol aspect to it, to be honest. Cool. Like a really like a light I like it's not hoppy whatsoever. Oh, sorry, yeah. I shouldn't say that. It's it's hoppy but not overpowering and it really uh leans into the the citrusy and the tropical aspects of yeah, of the hop, which is great. I wonder I wonder if they just like cold steep the hops. Yeah. And I, then and then just carbonate it. I don't know a lot about it and I um I can't seem to find I wanna I wanna try it. I oh, have um dude, it's so good. I have dried hops pellets yeah. that I got because I was experimenting with a dessert. And I wanna just pop some in water and then soda stream it and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be a lot better with fresh hops though. Oh yes. Oh absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah, I would love to try that. That sounds super cool. Yeah. I'm going to look for it in uh, in stores and and, uh, and liquor stores just to see if they have because I, I really hope they start shipping it unless they already do, which, uh, again, I hope, I hope they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeff, what have you been drinking these days? Well, it's funny you did non-alcoholic because I actually coincidentally am also doing non-alcoholic. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually doing a coffee. When we went up to the Sunshine Coast recently, we went to this coffee shop in Gibson's called Beachcomber Coffee. Oh, so good. Yeah, no, they're so good. And I had, I primarily drink decaf coffee now. Mm. And I had one of the better decaf espressos I've had in a long time. And I ended up buying a five pound bag from them Oof. on the way back because I was like, well, I can't get this in the city and I'm tired of buying random decaf espresso brands that I don't like or they're too expensive for what they are and so using a local one that was really tasty I was like oh this is perfect so I grabbed a five pound bag I filled it up in like a hundred different mason jars in my kitchen so they stay airtight and I grind them in, in increments and, <laughs> and then put them in my so that I have for my little espresso machine it's been phenomenal it's it's so I don't even really know how to talk about coffee it's so it's really smooth. There's a lot, it's like really like caramelly and um, it pulls a really nice shot on a very temperamental coffee machine. So, <laughs> and it's Swiss water decaf. So it's not done chemically. It's done really like quite naturally. They, I believe they roast it themselves. And um, I, I mean, it's a very simple thing that if you get a chance to swing by beachcombers ever, definitely do. But oh, yeah. this, this decaf espresso, I, I did have their regular espresso as well, and it was really good. But uh, specifically the decaf espresso bean, which is also their decaf dark roast, they use the same one, which normally I'm not a huge fan of because if it's good for one, it's not often good for the other. But in this case, it's really, really good for the espresso. So I haven't had it as as a drip coffee. But if you're looking for a really good decaf espresso bean, I highly recommend Beachcomber, especially because you can get large quantities of it. So if you're passing through infrequently or whatever, you can you can commit to that and it'll hold really well. Also, I find a lot of dark roast, decaf or kind of espresso roast are oily because they've been roasted for longer because they're dark roast. Yeah. And so they don't grind nicely. Hmm. And so when you get the lighter roast, they grind into a more of a um less kind of like bunchy texture and the residual oils from the beans being extracted the oils kind of tend to clump it and you get that like almost like hard bit at the bottom of your grinder and so you have to kind of mix it up and it grinds unevenly and stuff hmm. and with lighter roast it grinds beautifully and it doesn't do that and the 
the heat from the grinder doesn't heat up the oils and it doesn't stick together. And so it's really hard to find that balance of grinding it for the right amount of time, but it doesn't overdo it. And you have to do it in small batches, obviously. But this one grinds beautifully. And I don't know what they do differently. Maybe it's the Swiss water. I'm not sure. But for some reason, it grinds so nicely. And I know that's a really weird comment, but I grind all my own beans. And so it's really important to me that it grinds well. Yeah. And uh, it's beautiful. You know, it probably wouldn't be a problem if I had a fancy burr grinder or something, but the grinder I have, it it matters a lot. So it's funny you say like you started grinding your own beans because Corey and I do that now and we have a burr grinder at home. And uh, our new thing is uh, every time we travel to somewhere, we try to find like a local roastery or a local cafe that roasts their own beans and we'll buy a bag. And so it's just like super cool. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. We'll have to do a like a coffee specific episode because like grinding our own beans to like (laughs) see what the differences are. And I'm constantly surprised at how different each roast tastes in the cup. Like it's, Oh, it's so good. Well, I was, I wasn't going to mention this, but now that it's been brought up, (laughs) Beachcomber does espresso flights. Oh, that's right. I think Corey actually got one. You can get a flight of four different espresso beans pulled the same way and you yeah. just have a little sippy sip sip so i didn't get a chance to do that because we were just passing through i didn't get a chance to sit down yeah but the next time i'm there absolutely is something i'm going to do because that's super cool they also they've got really good marketing they're i asked them for a um a business card because i've started doing that now anytime i go to a place i want to talk about and their business card is the coolest i've ever seen in my life it's oh, just awesome. a standard business card on one side black and yellow and then you flip it over and it's a sticker what Oh, and that's so, you can, so cool. You can peel and put the sticker on. So it's like it's like branding merch, whatever. Yeah. And you can put it on, but it's built into the business card. So someone asks for a business card and they get a sticker as well. And it's little things like this. It's that thought that are the kind of people that are going to change the way that we look at branding and marketing in general. Oh, so 100%. huge shout out to Martin De, De Rosier. Sorry if I said that wrong. But your Sunshine Coast based roasted in Vancouver coffee marketing is wonderful and uh props <laughs> <laughs> and match with a great product as well so yeah and always yeah a great product so that that was the starting point that's super cool i the the sunshine coast it's not like a hidden gem but my goodness there's so many good places up there oh i know it's such yeah. a wonderful place we we took a trip with our dog and like it's such a dog friendly community and oh it was i would I would go there in a heartbeat again. Oh, and there's yeah. so much to explore. Like we, uh, I think we only went for three or four days, and you could easily spend like multiple weeks there, just traveling oh, up and sure. down the Sunshine Coast, discovering new and more amazing places. Yeah, and for what feels like it should be kind of off the map and have nothing has so much everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, wicked, cool. Dan, give me that brunch. I've got a staple of Langford to talk about, and I am really excited to talk about this place because I find their food and everything about it uh, fantastic. So it, the the restaurant is called House of Boateng, and it opened. That, in... That's the that's the one. That's the one that I thought you were going to talk about. <laughs> but what did I call it? Cafe something. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, this is exactly what I thought you were going to talk. Okay. That's so funny. Stoked. Yes. Okay. So, uh, started by Castro and Charlotte Boateng, uh, and sep- opened in September 2019 in the ever-growing Langford uh, community, right in the heart of what the mayor of Langford is calling like the new downtown. Uh, it just so happened to be around the corner from where Corey and I used to live when we lived in Langford, and so it was a really easy place for us to go walk around the corner, basically, and get br- and sit down and have a- an amazing brunch. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about it. The chef and founder is kind of where I want to start this story because I think the you know me anything anytime there's an interesting story to be told I want to I want to know more and I want to talk about it. So he Castro Boateng was originally born in West Africa in Ghana and grew up in Toronto where he went to school there and ended up working in the Turnbury Resort in Scotland under European Master Chef. Stuart Cameron and Colin Watson. I don't know if those names hmm. mean anything to you. You're more of an expert yeah. in that um, in that field than I would be. He then 
continued his trade and moved to uh, Bermuda at a at a Fairmont oh. restaurant down there, and then the Five Diamond restaurant, Rimrock Resort Hotel in Banff. And it's actually at Rimrock Resort where he met his wife. That's where she started her her uh, career in the hospitality uh, in the front office. So that's where they ended up meeting. And in the early 2000s, just decide, or sorry, the early kind of 2014 time, they uh, decided to move out to Vancouver Island, where he started working as the executive chef of Villa Erie Resort, which is. Uh, on the Malahat, and if anybody, if you don't know where the Malahat is, it's the, uh, the highway linking, uh, South Island, or like Victoria and the South Island to the rest of the island. So it's kind of, it's this, uh, kind of winding road through, uh, the mountain, uh, to connect to Bill Bay, Duncan, and Imo kind of thing. So very beautiful, uh, Villa Erie Resort is kind of situated right at, to- right at the top, and they, provide lodging and a wonderful wonderful place to stay it's absolutely stunning up there it's a very very cool. uh, very beautiful but we're talking about house of boateng so in 2019 uh they moved from gordon head out to langford and opened a uh, a brunch spot and what chef boateng does really well is he brings a lot of flavors from uh, West Africa into his into his food and yeah. uh, and he and you can just tell each of the plates ha- kind of has the has a lot of different flavors that you wouldn't um, wouldn't necessarily find anywhere else so like a chili and smoked shrimp aioli he does a lot of harissa aioli in his in his dishes as well again you would probably know a, l- a little bit more about har- harissa than I do do you actually know what that is yeah harissa is like a smoky red pepper uh, paste mm. uh usually it's got some heat to it it's not like i wouldn't call it spicy spicy but it's definitely got some spice to it it's usually done with red peppers and chili flakes and you you kind of char them mm. usually over an open grip usually over a fire or some sort of live fuel flame mm. so charcoal or whatever uh to get that really smokiness okay. and then a little bit of oil in there and so it kind of comes out like a oily tomato paste but it's uh red it's kind of like a red pepper spicy version of like a pesto yeah super Uh, good really really good what i found uh really cool as well is that he actually made quite a name for himself as a chef he is very very highly regarded he's won competitions like the fine grain master uh the hungry hearts in 2017 and 2014 color your palate in 2015 and 2014 uh he won alberta's young chef competition in 2005 and the bermuda's young chef challenge in 2003 and he was also part of the first catering company to be invited into the golden plates gold medal plates in 2015 so uh he is quite quite highly regarded and and it shows his the way he brings all the flavors together in a way that brings part of his uh, heritage into the into the dishes and makes it so well and uh, designs his plates as well every time every time you go there the plates are beautiful when they come out and it, it's it makes it hard makes it kind of hard to eat because they're so beautiful to look at. There's so much color to them. There's so much <laughs> uh, beauty to it. But you just know that every bite is going to be very unique and very delicious and perfectly done every time. We were lucky enough when it first opened to go to go there and we actually met uh chef boateng and he was just a wonderful oh, wow. person he was he took the time to kind of talk to us about his past and uh and what brought him to victoria and what what his inspiration is for making food and uh kind of told us about each dish that we that we ordered and really took the time with us which i we we thought was just amazing and just such the a nice such a nice down-to-earth funny guy and oh it was just an amazing experience I find it in Langford. Uh, the, it's it's changing changing now, but there's a lot of like breakfast diners and kind of more of that kind right. of diner type breakfast food. And so for him to come out and recognize this Langford as this ever growing community and uh, bring this type of food to it, I almost thought was a kind of a risk. Because I didn't know how well it would get, uh, uh, how well the community would embrace it. But oh my gosh, it is so popular. Everybody that you 
everybody that you talk to who lives in Langford and who's been there can't say enough good things about it. And you, and so yeah, it's yeah. it's done incredibly well. And they, uh, him and his wife, work together. Uh, she does she does a lot of the logistical side of things and the and the administrative role. They even through COVID, they were able to actually open uh, a second location for yeah, oh, they, uh, which was which is a literally across the street, which houses their catering <laughs> business and their they they've started doing pre made meals that you can take home with you. Which oh, is so perfect. so intriguing, and I'm so jealous that it seems to be like far away from us now, even though it's like a 15 minute. I don't know what it is about living in Victoria, but like the idea of driving out to Langford for some reason seems daunting sometimes. So <laughs> I think that's a me problem. Even though it takes as long as it does to get oh, into 100%. the city. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do. We, we're we're going through that right now too, because where we live, we're basically it's faster to get to this city of langley than it is to get to yeah, vancouver it's which is and weird because we know everything that's in vancouver that's kind of our first thought even though we could go five minutes down the road and like have everything we need in new west we're like oh but uh i, I like this sushi place in vancouver or whatever <laughs> it's, it's like it's so hard to kind of shift your mindset when oh, it comes it totally to that stuff is, but i would go i would drop everything to go to if we were going to meet somebody for brunch here or uh, or just Corey and I just decided to go for brunch, this would be top of the list, 100%. Because everything, like, yeah. the dishes, when you look at the menu, like, an African bowl, so you have the jollof rice, chicken sausage, chili and smoked shrimp, aioli, scrambled eggs, and pickled vegetables. And, like, I can just imagine what that would look like uh, and and imagine how delicious that would be to taste. Uh, they've also started doing a lot more vegan options. So, and, which is really nice as well. Like I'm looking at their smoked tofu sandwich, which is a peasant bun, some harissa vegan aioli, candied jalapenos, pickled onions, and a side of our artisan greens or potatoes. And oh, so good. It yeah. sounds super good. It's been a while since I've been here. So their menu looks a lo- quite a bit different than when we first went there, which is great to see. Uh, it looks like they do kind of summer, fall menus. So it's it's nice to see that they're, they change the menu based on what's, kind of uh in season which is really cool totally they're also yeah. they also tick the box of supporting local farmers all their eggs are free range and from the low from local farms on the island and uh their vegetables as well are all from from the island or in bc uh, so they try to be as local as they can so it's yeah is it their potatoes that are like smash yeah. Or is it they have like oh, uh, is it like sweet potato or something that they have or plantain or something right? Oh, I see what you're, yeah. So you have uh, an option to do a vegan uh, fried plantain as a side as well, which is, sounds really good as well. I would definitely try that. Yeah, the fried plantain. That's the one. Their fl- fried plantains are so yeah. good. A lot of places do fried plantains. They do uh, planks. They they they'll cut it lengthwise down the strip, and you'll get kind of long uh, planks, mm-hmm. which is totally mm-hmm. fine. But or they'll do chips, which is just kind of like cut across. And for those who don't know, plantain is uh, looks like a large banana. They're related. Um, but what, what House of Bodetang does is they take hunks of the plantain and then they'll cook it once or whatever. And then they'll press it into what, almost like a patty. So it's like a smashed potato. And then they'll fry it. And that is the best way, hands down, to cook a plantain done it before in the past when we were um, using plantains for something in my past life of culinary mm-hmm. and it's absolutely by far you get the really crisp outside with a soft interior whereas if you do a chip or a strip you only kind of get that one texture and it's either way too soft or too oily or too crispy and this way you get that just like a smashed potato you get the velvety center in the middle and the crispy chunky on the outside and even the even the crust on it is different because of the way it's been smashed. You get different kind of textures throughout the crust. Unbelievable. Yeah. Special shout out to their chicken sausages that they make in in house. When we, for those of you who don't know, I don't really eat uh, pork or red meat for just I don't know. I guess health reasons, but it also just makes my makes me feel like garbage. Um, and this was the first time that I saw like a chicken sausage that was made in house at a restaurant. And oh my gosh, it was, they're 
to die for. They're so, so well done. And they've got, I think they changed the kind of flavors from, from season to season that they add to the chicken sausages, but oh, it is fantastic. I don't want to, I can't, I can't quite remember what the flavor profile was when we went to it, but I know that every every combination that uh, the chef chooses, like it's going to be just fantastic. They're like breakfast style links, right? Yeah, they're the they small are. sausages. Yeah, yeah, which are really nice. And it's funny because sausages are so easy to make. You mm. just have to know what you're doing, but realistically, it's not a lot of work. So no. for a place to do it in house is just so baseline level of care. That I understand at scale, sometimes you can't just make everything, but you can you can see that they're what they're doing is with care, and every aspect is thought out. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful place to uh, share a meal with, um, and a very community based, and trying to and becoming flexible uh, during COVID times as well has probably helped them as well to be just more solidified within the community. So it's definitely become a staple of Langford and some, and a place that I look for, look out, look for reasons to stop in when I'm out in Langford, which I, it's not very often anymore. (laughs) So then you just got to go out there for breakfast and then go to parachute for a snack. Oh yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That would be a great day. (laughs) Maybe I'll do that after this. Hey, bring me with you. All right. So the uh, House of Boateng is located at 2854 Pete Road, number 105 in Langford. Definitely, definitely worth the trip out to Langford to enjoy a meal there. Oh, and dogs allowed on the patio. Oh, yes. I n- Thank you for the reminder. I nearly forgot about that. Well, that about wraps it up for this leg of our journey. Taste BC Radio is recorded, edited, and produced by Jeff Wilson and me, Dan Kavanaugh. You can continue the journey and check out everywhere we talked about today in the show notes and our TasteBC map. Make sure to follow us on TasteBC Radio on Instagram and Facebook, and we'd love to have you join our community on Patreon. Links are in the show notes. Tune in next time to find out what we'll be tasting next, and never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast app. In the meantime, make sure to rate and review the show. This really does help us grow, and we really do appreciate the feedback. Until next time, support local and keep keep it it tasty. tasty. Maybe I'll have breakfast or dinner tonight. Oh, I kind of want to get like chicken and waffles. Now it's it's putting me in the mood. <laughs> <laughs>